Welcome to the Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning. This is Papa Tom, the Father's Heart talk show. And I'm here to follow on our mission statement of bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Today's show, I want to bring up something that uh, has been very uh, dear to my heart. And uh, I'm, I entitled it The Hand of the Father. Because you can't really separate the hand of the father from the heart of a father. The heart and the father goes hand in hand, so to speak, <laughs> if I can use that expression. And uh, it's something that uh, I've been taught, and it's something that I extended on to my children. And it's something I think um, audience would like to hear. I'm going to talk about this from two different levels. One spiritually, and the other one uh, naturally. Just a natural thing that we have in our lives when what's like to be a father and how the uh, hand of the father is connected to the heart. And the hand of the father is always there to uh, bless and favor. And yet a lot of times we confuse that with uh, the hand being a a punishment, which is not true and uh, gets us a little bit uh, afraid of things in life. So uh, I want to share a couple of things, a couple of thoughts out of the word. Um, Isaiah 64 says, But now, O Lord, you are our father, We are the clay, and you are our potter, and all we are the work of your hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. The right hand of God, by the way, is a sign of power. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. We are all made in the image and likeness of God. And I love the word picture that uh, a prophetic guy once described to me and uh, really stuck in my mind. It's a picture of how we were created the image and likeness of God. It was a thought that on the third day, um, God created a cast uh, of man in uh, the earth. And then on the sixth day, which we know God created man on the sixth day, he went on onto that cast and he went nose to nose, mouth to mouth, and fingertip to fingertip. It's the same imagery that we have when uh, Elijah used his body to resurrect the Shubanite son from the Shubanite woman. So it's the cast into the earth, and we made the image of likeness. So I start thinking of that imagery of the nose-to-nose, mouth-to-mouth, and uh, fingertip-to-fingertip, and then breathed into that dirt body and gave Adam life. God has fingertips, and he also has hands. You know, we've heard often excited about the arm of the Lord, hand of the Lord, arm of the Lord. I don't think we'll ever get to the leg of the leg of the Lord because the scripture doesn't talk about his leg. It's always his hand and his arm. Um, but this image of that we're made in the image of likeness um, is a description in a physical sense of how we were created. And we even in the physical sense have, even though God does not have a body, obviously. Uh, Jesus did, but God doesn't. Um, that he has hands. So I want to tell you a story about a, one of my fathers in the Lord, named Dr. Costadier. 
out of Elam Bible from Lima, New York. And um, I met him probably 35 years ago or more, and um, maybe almost 40 years ago. And he instructed me on how to discipline my children. And he instructed me very specifically, he said, uh, the scripture says, uh, raise a child up in the way he should go, and in, when he gets older, he or she will not depart from it. That's the scripture. My mother used a different expression. She says, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child, uh, which is a different tone, which is a whole different spin on that. But in the truth, it is uh, not to spare the rod, and uh, so you won't spoil the child. And that important thing is, what is the rod? Well, Casadier uh, told me, he says, Tom, I said, you don't ever want to use your hand uh, to punish your child. Because the hand of the Father is a hand of blessing. It's a hand of affection. And if you ever use it to smack your child, uh, spank him or smack him with your hand, the child will be afraid of your hand. Picture imagery of that, not only of the natural father, but with God. So he told me you use a uh, preferably wood, something of a wood nature, but not round. Round could injure the bone, but flat surface, a flat surface like a paddle, uh, and use the paddle to uh, to spank your children, or when they are uh, need to be corrected in the things they're doing. It's important that there is a little pain in it. So it's going to sting, but it's not meant to injure, and never, ever, never use your hand. I did that with my children, and I always told them before I gave them a spanking that I loved them. I heard a story one time where a son said, uh, a father told his son, uh, son, this cost me more pain than it caused you. And the son said to his father, yeah, but, yeah, but not in the same place. So my oldest son, uh, one time when he was spanked, I knew I was getting through by telling him I loved him. Uh, when he said to me, Dad, he said, uh, thank you. Thank you for spanking me. Because I know I did something wrong. And I appreciate it when you spank me to correct me. Because I know you love me. I never used my hand to spank my children. I took the words and wisdom from Dr. Casadier and made sure I applied it and made sure that they understood that. When I, another son, Noah, used to put on six pair of, uh, of uh, underpants and he knew he was going to get spanking. Sometimes I had to spank them together and I lined them up and sometimes I'd hit the floor with the, the stick, flat stick, so they would know it was coming and they would... Uh, Appreciate, not appreciate, but uh, have more effectiveness when you're trying to correct what they're doing. Um, but the important part of that is that they would uh, understand what the purpose of it was. And I also was able to communicate to them when uh, out of this lot of teaching that um, it was important for them eventually to be able to understand the concept of self-control. Because um, children, when they're growing up, um, if you're raising them as a parent, particularly as a father, it's important that they have boundaries. And they want to understand what those boundaries are. Because when they get older, um, I wouldn't be there. And uh, 
all of our children don't belong to us. They actually belong to God. And he wants them to understand and be able to practice self-control. I had a time one time in a department store where I brought my two uh, oldest children, Zach and Noah, in. And they ran around like wild Indians. And they were knocking down clothes and running through the clothes racks and uh, causing all sorts of disturbances in this department store. And uh, the women, uh, some of the mothers there were with their children. And I was a father there with my children. And uh, I said to my Zach and Noah, I said, okay, self-control. And just by using that term and phrase, they immediately went to the counter, sat down, and clasped their hands. And they stood quietly for about 15 minutes. And the mothers came up to me and says, how'd you do that? How were you able to do that? And I explained to them, I said, I've taught them the idea of, of disciplined them, and so they understand self-control is for their good and for their sake. Um, and uh, that was an important thing for in life when you uh, live your life and you understand um, how to use that. It's for, it's for their sake. So they can apply it in their own lives. It's, it's not just when they're younger and they're being uh, disciplined that way. But they are shown uh, behavior that's important for them to be able to impose it on themselves. So... Um, when you find that happening um, later in life as your children grow up, uh, you realize that uh, when they understand the boundaries and they understand how to apply self-control into their own lives, they, they figure out for themselves um, how, that, how that works out and how, that, how they can live their life and be comfortable in their life uh, and be safe in their lives by certain boundaries that they, they place on their lives themselves. Uh, one time, uh, a member of our church had complimented me when all six children were growing up. And she said, you know, your boys are all boys, and your girls are all girls. Uh, in this day where there's so much confusion on gender dysphoria and things like that, uh, I look back on that statement that was probably made about 25 years ago or 20 years ago, and um, they had already grown up to be teenagers. And uh, I realized... Uh, I was just following a pattern, and a lot of that pattern that was f uh, I was following was basically on using the hand of God, and I use that expression, or hand of a father, in the, in the proper way. So the hand was for affection, the hand was for blessing, and not to be used for discipline, although discipline was important, and discipline was important to... Uh, to implement in a child's life, to give them boundaries, and so that they can be able to apply that even in their own lives and um, live out their lives in that way. The other story I would like to share is a story I, um, I'm not sure how many of my audiences watched the movie August Rush, but August Rush is a story of um, uh, a young boy uh, who was born and immediately taken away from his mother. And he was born of two musicians. The mother and father were both musicians. And uh, they, uh, uh, the girl's mother, the mother's mother, I'm uh, sorry, the mother's father was a, a wealthy man and, and did not want the disgrace of his daughter having a child out of wedlock. And these were the days before abortions were happening. So uh, they put the boy into a home, 
and he grew up, and uh, he was a genius musician. And his father was a guitar player, and his uh, mother sang, and uh, I think she was a, uh, a viola uh, player in orchestra, and um, in a major orchestra uh, in the United States, in Chicago, in New York. And the story, as it develops, uh, is a heartwarming story of the child, August Rush, uh, listening to sounds all his life, and that he was able to be a um, develop into a fabulous musician himself. And he did an opera in Central Park in New York City. And in his uh, uh, in his um, the show that he put on in um, New York City, it drew his mother and father to him. And there was a a story of reconnection there. Well, that was just a fictional story. However, I, the other day I was uh, speaking to a, a man that I look forward to having on the show in the future named Rocky Lynn, and uh, Rocky shared with me an August Rush story. It's, uh, he's coming up with a documentary on his, on his life, and um, in this documentary he began to describe to me his, his early life, and it was an August Rush story. Um, Rocky, as you may, many of you may know, is a, a country musician, of, uh, of some renown, and uh, he was uh, born in the Statesville area and uh, never knew his father, never knew his mother until he was a lot older. Um, he said he was, uh, was basically cast onto a dump heap. Uh, it turns out it was more, uh, I think, an orphanage, and he was uh, still an infant at the time he was brought there. And the story, as, as, as he was able to find out many years later, uh, by the way, Rocky uh, loves music, loves guitars, absolutely loves guitars, fantastic musician and songwriter. And uh, when he got older, he went into the Army. He was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. He loves motorcycles. And uh, many of those things are part of his life and lifestyle. And he comes to find out later that his uh, father never knew he was born. Uh, his father and mother uh, conceived him. Uh, out of wedlock, and um, father went off into the military, into the army, and uh, didn't know when the mother eventually got pregnant and had the baby. And it really the uh, the culprit in the whole story was the um, his mother's father, who um, was somewhat of an evil man, and uh, in his intentions and so forth, and an attorney, and he um, and a politician. And in this area, took uh, the uh, the child from the mother, and uh, brought it to an orphanage, gave it away basically. And there was a woman who had no more than a third grade education came in and and uh, uh, adopted Rocky and uh, raised him. But later, as the story goes, and it's a father's story, because he found out who his father was, and he realized his father was a musician, just like him a guitar player musician, just like Rocky. A father drove around on motorcycles, just like Rocky. Or I should say, Rocky was just like him. Found out his father was a paratrooper, just like Rocky. And he was in the 82nd Airborne, just like Rocky. It's amazing that the story that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree is a, a story of uh, something that we should um, uh, appreciate in life that 
um, it not only happens on a natural basis, but uh, when wired properly, it also can happen spiritually if we want to be just like our Father. And to understand how to uh, uh, walk in our lives, it's important to understand uh, the hand of the Father is connected to the heart of the Father. And that's both naturally and, and supernaturally. That's uh, the condition of our lives. Um, and our lives are, are directed and guided by the hand of God if we allow him to do that. Um, because we can always resist it, because we always have free will. Um, and many of us don't have fathers that um, have been able to train us and to teach us in those ways. Those of us who have been fortunate enough to have them um, will end up being much happier in our lives and uh, much more confident in, in who we are. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be a natural father that uh, is a father to us. We can learn from uh, people who have father's hearts, and they could be teachers, and they could be coaches. Um, if we seek them out, uh, or if we ask God for them, uh, I'm sure he will provide uh, those people in our lives in a natural way who can be father-like to us. You know, there's always a separation in my mind between um, whether it's a, uh, we always associate fatherhood and being a father with uh, the biological father. And we talked about this once with uh, an earlier show with uh, the coach we had on, uh, Tony Pierce, when he was describing how uh, so many athletes didn't have fathers. And um, in our minds, uh, the person who biologically sires a child is labeled a father. But they're not really fathers in terms of their uh, emotions and in terms of where they're coming from, uh, spiritually speaking and emotionally speaking. And children need fathers. They just absolutely need them for their own growth and development, for their own sake, is to have a father uh, who can train them in the way they should go. And discipline is a very important part of uh, growing up. It's a very important part of... Uh, allowing us to find out who we are and uh, learn where the boundaries are and can't live in that space of uh, just bouncing all around. Um, so uh, the other thing I would like to describe is something that um, I'd like to read, and it has to do with uh, the relationship um, between um, fatherhood and the concept of being faithful and uh, the aspect of faithfulness is associated with multiplication and I didn't really realize that until I particularly read this scripture and this scripture is a scripture about the talents let me describe it to you for a moment for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them and to one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had settled five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. 
His Lord said to them, now listen to this, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid, something we always have to overcome in our lives. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But as Lord Anson said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered, where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with bankers, and at my company I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him, and gave it to him, and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And so that is a, a very interesting thing that we can learn from in life. That it's important if we want to be faithful, that being able to multiply and grow. Because this, some of the principles of the kingdom, the foundational ones, is to seed, plant, and grow. So I just want to also share that um, my um, third book is be coming out uh, next week. It's going to be the, uh, the birthday present I described to you before. And uh, I have a, a new short story that uh, I'm also going to be putting on my website. And that's called The Last All Hallows' Eve. It's uh, in the style of C.S. Lewis, screw tape letters. It's written uh, from the dark side, as what the dark side would look like, as uh, C.S. Lewis did in screw tape letters. I am uh, encouraged by that. By one of the shows that I did uh, a couple of weeks back uh, about um, the dark side of Halloween, and I took it from the dark side position. And I was encouraged and inspired, actually, to write a short story about that. So um, that will be on my website, um, and I will be doing launching of the, um, the Boy Who Found His Name, Papa Tom's Tales, uh, in December, later in December. Today is December 1st, and later in December we'll be launching that. Uh, we'll be doing one every, uh, every month for the next three months. Uh, the e-book, uh, electronic copy of the book, The Last... All Hallows Eve will be on my website uh, next week. And uh, I want to encourage you to, um, if you have any stories that you would like to relate to me about fathers, to call the station, even when I'm not here, and you can leave a message for me. And uh, if you leave your telephone number or an email, I'll get back to you. The telephone number here at the station is 704-872-6345. That's 704-872-6345. Six three four five, and I would encourage you to call if you have stories about fathers. 
I, particularly stories like August Rush, who had in the movie, or Rocky Lynn, uh, his story. Um, stories about um, uh, redemption stories is something I'm really uh, interested in, where you, you were in a position where your father wasn't there and you found him. And um, stories where um, God took you from a certain place. Um, many people who uh, survived um, difficult situations have a lot of things to share, and I would love to learn what those stories are. So I thank you for uh, uh, listening today, and I appreciate you um, coming to my website, thefathersheartmedia.com, and subscribing to get your free ebook. And we appreciate everything you do uh, in responding to us. Take care. Papa Tom. You've been listening to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8, right here on News Talk WSIC.